The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Inside Florida Racing, good evening everyone, C.C. Brooks with you. It is, uh, we have a real interesting guest lined up next for us, Rob. Um, you know, something that a lot of people probably don't think much of, but African Americans in motorsports. Um, something, a topic we have never discussed on our show, and glad that we can get into this tonight. On the line, Irvin Kennedy is with us. Irvin, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Hey, thank you. Glad to be a part of it. Who, who else do we have with you? Do we have yeah. another guest? Yeah, we have another guest, my colleague, Aaron Anderson, who also helps out on the on the website. And we had a third colleague that was supposed to join us, but I haven't been able to contact him, a guy named Paul Riley, who is the uh, facilities manager for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Irvin, uh, this is Rob Elking. Um, how are you doing? Uh, what is the website? The website is... Uh, it's the acronym for African Americans in Motorsports. We call it AIM1.com. It's A-A-I-M and the number one dot com. And you really cover a, a wide um, variety, different types of racing. Yes, we do. And you and you talk about different um, and Afri- African Americans in all leadership roles from from being in from crew to racing to managing racetracks. That's exactly right. We cover what any African American is doing in the world of racing. And actually, that was our initial mission when we started this site eight years ago. But uh, it's now become a twofold mission. We're also introducing African Americans to the world of racing. That's why we started covering the different major series, such as IndyCar, NASCAR, and Formula One, and uh, AMA and NHRA, things like that. And I see you have a special section for kids. Absolutely. One of our, uh, I've been a race fan my entire life. Ended my first Indy 500 when I was five years old, now 47. And uh, first race I remember is when I was seven. So I've, I've been a passionate race fan my entire life. So you always want to give back to the kids things that you're passionate about. You know, you never know how you inspire a child. So one of the things that we do every year, take a group of local kids out to the track uh, during the month of May. We haven't started doing it for the NASCAR event yet because it's such a quick event. It's only three days, practice day of qualification, race day. We have more of an opportunity during the Indy 500 because it is a month-long event. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of the ways we give back. Uh, we get excellent response. We even have parents that always want to go because, believe it or not, a lot of African Americans in this city have never been to the track. And uh, it's it's the uh, track is like plot dead in the middle of the city, just miles downtown. Well, I, I don't think that's so unusual. It's the fact that you there are there are local tracks like all around here in the state of Florida that people who you know live like for example here in um, in the Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte, Northport area who don't realize that we have a short track just you know minutes right down the road. 
Right. You know, and I, I think it's just when people aren't exposed to it, if they haven't seen any advertising or know somebody that likes to go, they just it's not on their radar. They don't realize it's there. Now, when you take kids to the track, are you taking both boys and girls? Absolutely. And do you find the girls getting into it also? Uh, yes, we do. We we find sometimes the girls get into it more than the boys do. That's right. Yes, we do. <laughs> they ask more questions. They sometimes they ask the tougher questions. They're more attentive. They 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 remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. DC is all of those things for our show. There's no doubt. Irvin, <laughs> 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 let, let me ask you guys something. Uh, why is it, do you think, that we, we don't see more African-Americans in, um, in in the local racing or, or not, not only talking about the big racing on TV? Let's not even talk about them. Let's talk about at the local racetrack. Um, why don't we see more African-Americans there? Well, your partner um, <clears throat> alluded to it earlier. I, I think it's more of exposure than anything else. Um <clears throat> When you grow up in a certain neighborhood and you're used to certain things and you're not exposed to to racing, so to speak, <clears throat> excuse me, then it's it's really not on your radar. It's, it's just never been an interest because you don't have that exposure. We have found, though, with taking kids to the track that uh, some of these kids have kept in touch with us, and especially through the parents who have continued to go to the track, and uh, I think once once you get in, get the exposure out there and let them see what it's about, just never know how you pique someone's interest. Yeah. And, well, here, here's something I'm curious about. How do you think the uh, the race tracks, the local race tracks, could then um, better serve the local African American communities and getting the word out to them that there is the racetrack here and that, you know, so they will feel welcome to come down and participate and then maybe get interested in becoming a racer? It has to be marketed specifically to African Americans. Mm -hmm. The difference between uh, basically black American and white Americans, black America is more specialized. We have our own radio station, our own food joints. We even have our own newspaper. (laughs) It's true in our local community. Yeah. So if, if uh, phase one of exposure would be to advertise to those specific stations, uh, media, just to get it out there. And, and then I think for today's kids who have so much opportunity or just choices, you would almost have to wrap it up with something else that they, that they actually are interested in. And Nothing comes to mind, you know, like a Adidas shoe night or something like that, or, or a local rapper, you know, yeah. of that nature. Things that that they're interested in that would bring them out that first time, and then after they saw what was going on, you know, you never know how you pique someone's interest. And then it has to be a continual thing. Once you get them out, you can't just drop the ball and and never go back to it again or advertise again or or whatever. It has to be something continual because. Today's kids are constantly bombarded with images of the things that they like, whether it be a video or a particular artist or mm-hmm. um, a particular video game. It's that constant bombardment that, that piques their interest. So, I, I, you know, we have a lot of uh, uh, promoters and racetrack owners that definitely 
tune into this show. If not live, they tune into it sometime during the week. And uh, I hope that they're paying attention and listening to the fact that um, advertising in the right media, uh, where African Americans would be listening, um, is very smart um, in trying to uh, get these folks at their racetrack, whether it be to watch or whether it be to get involved in racing. Because what I what I think when at drag racing, I think you see plenty of Af- African American influence there. Um, I always have. I, I remember when we used to drag race in high school and everything. You know, it, I didn't care. You know, I I was ready. You know, and uh, it seemed like we'd go to the drag races, and there'd be African American influence there. But when you go to the stock car races, there's not. So well, I think one advertising big... there would be smart. Well, you mentioned one big key when you used to drag race when you was in high school. I mean, one of the rites of passage or declaring our independence as a teenager is to get your driver's license and get a car. Drag races. Not to say that we all grew up racing or you know drag racing on the streets or anything like that, but when you you can identify more with the drag racer because you actually have been in a situation where you may have been at a stoplight at 16 years old with in your souped up hot rod or whatever or you know. In in my 73 Silica, everybody did it. Nova, so. <laughs> it didn't matter what it was. You lined up next to somebody sometime or another, and everybody has that competitive feeling. So I think that, you know, just as all, we all love Levi's jeans, okay? We all love to sit in the car and go fast. That's so, very true. Uh, put, uh, put, put in front of you and a, and a chance and an opportunity to do it, um, I think, uh, it's something that, that they would need to get involved in. And, you know, uh, you, you guys uh, need to listen to the show to, uh, as we go on in the future weeks uh, because we do have a carding section in the show. And uh, upcoming, we're going to be talking uh, with um, uh, Garcia. What's Garcia? No, Sam Rodriguez. No, no, I'm not talking about tonight. But in, uh, Chad Dawkins? Oh, we're going to talk to J.R. Garcia. Yeah, J.R. Garcia. And, and he, yeah. he's got opportunities where he puts people in the driver's seat Okay, for thirty bucks. Wow, you can get the driver's seat of something in racing. We're going to be talking about that in future shows, but that's something that I think that these kids need to get involved in, and somehow or another, um, I think they can make it work. And just like in Charlotte County, they've got kart racing there. That may be a way for them to get into it. And I say kart racing other than car racing only because it's a little bit more affordable. Well, kart racing is is always a great way to get started. I mean, I. My parents wouldn't allow me, and my wife wouldn't allow me <laughs> as an adult <laughs> to place my daughter in quarter midgets when she turned, I think, I think the age here is like seven. And I wanted to do it really badly, but my wife was <laughs> kind of reminded me that, that that was my dream. What'd she do, soccer? Son? Did you make her have a son? <laughs> no, unfortunately, two girls and then, and I was, I was through trying. <laughs> Uh, uh, karting is, is, is an excellent way to get into it. As a matter of fact, I have a go-kart. And, uh, oh, you can have one today. <laughs> I have one, but uh, age and uh, uh, wisdom has caught up with me on, on, on that particular one. It's been parked for a couple of years now, but um, that's definitely one of the ways to get, to get kids involved and to get their interest. But you even see in the organized forms of these carding races, it starts to get pricey, too, because people are taking it really serious. 
And we have a number of karting tracks around our area here in Indiana and the Indianapolis in particular. Matter of fact, Mark Dismore, who used to race in the Indy Racing League, just built one of these state-of-the-art karting facilities just outside of Indianapolis, a place called Newcastle. And uh, they hold a lot of organized events. And even during the big NASCAR race, when the drivers come down, that whole week they're here, they go there and actually race. And they race against some of the local kids and the local talent and, and things of that nature. But karting is definitely the way to get started. Don't you agree? I, I definitely agree. And you see a lot of people refer to uh, their karting experience when they competed against each other in the karting era. Uh, some of the big names out there, they always prefer that. Or you see pictures of them, and they're all both on the same page. You say, my, look at him. He did look young back then. Well, it'd just be nice to see uh, the influence brought some way or another. And uh, I think when people think about car racing, sometimes it might be a little bit um, too much for them. Jack, what do you think about that? I mean, uh, About which? About, about between the cars. I mean, what... What do you think would be the better thing to uh, try well, to work that influence in? I mean, in both ways, um, it, it, it obviously fans would be the first thing to try to get involved. But uh, well, that was what I was going to say. Bring racers. Yeah, well, that was what I was going to say. You know, I, I haven't even. You know, um, I'm going to send uh, Irvin a, a list that I've compiled of, of uh, African American drivers who race in Florida at the local level, but. I think that, you know, it's just like it doesn't matter what color your skin is or any what culture your deal is, you know. The the thing is is that you've got to be putting people in the seats watching the racing before they get the bug to get involved, you know. I mean, I would never have got involved as a sponsor and in the marketing and promotion and media end like I did if I hadn't have got to the racetrack and seen it and got excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that drive race cars, um full-time or maybe, you know, every now and then, like myself, who didn't get into it because their father did it. They got into it because they started going to the racetracks and saw it was exciting and wanted to try it for themselves. Yeah. They're all fans first. Yeah. Do you think that uh, maybe that, say, uh, talking about Charlotte County down there, is that maybe that um, he should concentrate maybe some free tickets into – an African-American area? That's exactly what I was thinking, Rob, and I was thinking about some of the um, after-school program areas, the rec areas um, down in Charlotte County that um, are in the more of the African-American um, neighborhoods and start dispensing, you know, the tickets there, and the kids can take them home with, little, with a little flyer about the track to their parents, and, you know, the Treat them down, come down, check out the races for free, and um, and introduce them that way to it. I mean that that would be an an easy, an easy, inexpensive first step for a track to make. Yes, yeah, definitely. What do you think, guys? Totally, totally agree. One hundred percent agree with you. And it reminded me of uh, one of my racing heroes is Andy Granatelli, <laughs> and uh, he used to be a trap promoter. And one of the things he—that's one of the things he used to do to get fans in the seats was uh, give away free tickets, and, and they would even have different promotions, you know, along with that night, such as the Flying Willinda's type of deal, you know, to go with the. the uh, that's uh, an idea. Bobby <laughs> Hill, if you're listening, tie, tie a cable from one light to the 
other and get a guy to walk off it. <laughs> but, you know, that's... that's <laughs> they used to marry entertainment with race promotions back in the, the 50s and, and, and 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when, when the short track was better. <laughs> Hey, we're gonna have a carnival. We no, we we can we can bring back um what what what's his name? The Green Mamba. Who does not like the Green Mamba? I mean, that blows everybody away when it's at the track. Burn the house down. Yeah, burn a car down with the Green Mamba. That's some extra entertainment value thrown in there. But the key is, I just really think you just can't go. Here's free tickets. You need to staple the free tickets to a flyer, explaining the track, telling how to get there, that it's easy and close by, and giving full details so the parents will look at it, and they don't really have to try to look anything up. Everything is right there. You know, I'm going to tell you something, and you might not believe it, but one of my favorite drivers is African-American. Who is it? Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is one of the awesomest race car drivers in in the Formula One. Awesomest race car drivers to watch if if people don't realize this about me, is that I wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, okay? Must be nice. Formula One race, when they're on during the season. And uh, those guys are just unbelievable. And and, uh, Lewis Hamilton, how he uh, ran the season and ended up, you know, winning the season, I believe he's signing a new contract and he's still going to be racing. But, you know, African-American in the sport, he's one of the number one. Absolutely, he is. And where did Lewis Hamilton start out? Car? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's no doubt. Absolutely, he did. Well, Rob, from? Pardon me? Where's he from? He's uh, from Great Britain. He's not technically an African-American in motorsports, but he's he's close enough. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's African-English. He's a superstar of racing. And, like, it's another way that we can introduce more African Americans to the world of racing. Because one of our one of our main goals is, is to uh, I, I think one of the biggest reasons why um, African Americans don't get involved is they don't really understand sport. Um, you know, they understand we understand basketball and baseball. We grow up playing those specific sports. One of the things that one of our goals this year is just more racing one oh one on our site just to introduce the different disciplines of racing to African Americans and some of the different rules and the different cars because we get asked a lot of different questions along those lines you know but it's like let me get this straight they're going to go around in circles how many times (laughs) it seems a little silly I know (laughs) but it's not Yeah, then you got to try to explain that, you know. So the only way you can do that is throw them in the seat. <laughs> that happens. That's not just with African Americans. That happens with everybody. A lot of people, if you just don't understand it, you don't understand it until you finally get it. Once you get it, then you realize it, you know. Yeah. Then then you become even more of a fan. Yeah. Become hooked. Like Jack. Jack is hooked beyond the, 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 the hook is inside of his mouth. You know why? You know why? Because I haven't been able to do what I really want to do yet. See, race car drivers get hooked because they want to go out and they want to feel the adrenaline rush. They want to do all that. They want to win the competitive thing. I want to fill the grandstands, and I haven't done it yet. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I've, we've had a lot of success, don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? 
I haven't accomplished, we haven't been able to beat this thing down the way we want it to and actually accomplish the kind of, but it's the same thing. You know, I mean, we do what we do because of what you do. It's the same thing. We're trying to accomplish something with a purpose, you know. I mean, that's basically what you've been at for, what, eight years now? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So why do you continue to do it? I mean, I know it has had to have been hard at some times where you just said, well, is this really worth it? Never have I said that, Jack, and the only reason I'm going to tell you that is because I'm passionate about my racing. I'm the type that will enjoy it whether no one else enjoys it whatsoever. But I'm also the type that it's contagious with me. If you sit down and you talk to me and we're talking racing, we, you know, a 10-minute conversation can turn into a three-hour conversation. And when people see your passion and your love for the sport, I mean, it, 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 it will pique their interest. There you go. You know, they may tune in and go, well, let's see what this is all about, you know, along those lines. But uh, I'm like you. I'm The hook is deep for, for both of us. There's no doubt. One of my favorite things uh, to do is go to the race. I, I honestly don't like watching races on television. I yeah. like being. I like. Yeah, I never do. The smells, the taste. One oh, of exactly. That, uh, one of my favorite things at, at Indy is, you know, now that we have the well, we did have with Formula One that, that just recently went away, but going to the 500 and the Brickyard 400 every year, one of the things I like to do is go right up to the fence. They have some uh, stands that are really close to the fence, and during the race, you can feel the marble, and that excites me more than <laughs> about anything. Yeah, have you ever been to the, uh, Have you? Been, I think we. I asked you this off the air the other day, Did have you been to the Speedrome? Absolutely, I have. Tell us about that little place, Eric, because uh, we've been talking to Joel Cohen. He's bringing his show down here to Florida on, uh, in uh, February at Auburndale Speedway. Tell us about your experiences over at Speedrome. The Speedrome is a neat little place. The one thing you'll like about the Speedrome is you can see everything no matter where you're at. And that's one of the beauties of that track because growing up in the bigger track, especially like Indianapolis, you can only see certain parts of the track. The Speedrome, you can watch the action 300, you know, 360-degree view of the track, you can see everything. And, and uh, one of the things that uh, I like about Speed Road is uh, you never know what's going to happen. You might have a car come flying right at you on one lap, and, uh, you know, on the next lap you might have, uh, you know, two cars battling out for the lead. And, and it's just it's a very neat, very neat place. Uh, the races are real quick. They're a lot of fun. And what I like about Speedrome is this it's 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 the place where you can go and see an entire race. The, the one thing the one of the I don't know if we can call it complaints, but one of the things that people say about racing is it's kinda of long and drawn out. And speedrome, you know, you can it's quick action, quick racing. It's the quick quick high, I guess is <laughs> the best way to describe it. It really is. It's it, you know, everything is fast paced, quick. Right. So Quick. Uh, competition is quick. Uh, fierce competition. Local people, uh, you know, cutting their teeth. You can go talk to these guys right afterwards, and uh, you'll see a little bit what, of everything. Does, doesn't that fit though? That whole deal about it being quick and fast, and it, you don't have to wait for something to happen. It doesn't that like fit our our, our dwindling uh, attention spans we have these days? Absolutely. Too yeah. many choices today. Too many choices. Uh, that's why my wife not like me to have the remote because as soon as the commercial hits 
Hey, hey, Irvin, uh, is one of the problems that that you see, um, especially like in the in the field of NASCAR, is getting financial backing for new teams? Because yeah. I, I believe in the past there have been African American sports figures and entertainers that tried to start up racing teams, and even with all the money they had personally and the connections they had, they couldn't find the big sponsors to, to step in and really support a race team. That's exactly right. One of the things that we heard about racing is the quickest way to make a small fortune in racing is to start out with a big fortune. And what people don't realize that Jackson uh, talked about off the air the other day is in racing, you're more of branding a product as your return on investment. Most of these guys, especially these uh, our African-American stars, I believe they're used putting their money into a venture and seeing a, a substantial return on investment. And if they don't, then they're ready to move on to something else. Racing is not not like that at all. Racing. This is uh, Terry Wall. I'm a Johnny become lately on the show here. Okay. Uh, hey, there is two African-Americans right now that own teams, at Randy Moss, the number 81 uh, truck, Craftsman mm-hmm. truck, and then Brad Doherty uh, is part owner of the number 47 Sprint Cup, uh, Marcus Ambrose is going to drive that car this year. Right. And Brad Doherty's been involved with NASCAR for many years, and he's doing the television on ESPN also. Exactly. Well, Brad Doherty is a unique pick. Brad Doherty is like everyone right now, uh, you, me, and the other people on this program. He has a passion for racing. And one of the things that it's going to take to have any successful African-American driver, owner, whatever, is we need people with the passion and the money to push this thing forward. And Brad is one of those who understands that because, number one, he has a passion for racing. I recently saw a story with Brad Doherty uh, when he was, uh, uh, I believe he was a teenager, and he was at Daytona, and he actually met Richard Petty and because he was a fan first, just as we had discussed. And then, of course, he went on to do greater things, and and through the things that he did in his life, was able to now turn around and, and become involved in racing. And that's what it takes. You have to have the passion and the money to push this thing forward. And a lot of a lot of the owners that we've seen in the past, I just don't believe they have that passion because it's just another arena where they're looking to maybe further their investment. And right. racing is a, a, a different investment vehicle out there because you're more branding a product than you are throwing in this amount of money and then getting this, you know, another amount of money back out of it. So, yeah, uh, Brad Doherty, they have the passion, and that's what it takes. You have right. you have to have that passion first, and that comes from being a fan first. Yeah, but the thing uh, about the other black owners that came into the sport, they were looking to make a quick buck, and they were looking at Richard Childress and Rick Hendrick and and uh, and some of those car owners that are successful, and they thought they could come in and do it the way they were doing it, but it took years and years yeah. and years. Yeah, but you know, that, Terry, that's true, but you know what? There's been a lot of people, and again, it doesn't matter if you're green, purple, or yellow. If you go into this game with that attitude right. and without the passion like Irvin's talking about, yeah. and then there's certainly 
not just black folks have done that deal. What, go ahead, hey, you, need, you need a passion and a sponsor. Well, <laughs> but here's, here's my question. Why, why is it difficult for them to find corporate sponsorship? Why why are they having more of a struggle? In these, Nobody can find in, it in, right in, this, in these days, I would hope that the reason isn't going to be because it's a, a, a black driver compared to a Tony Stewart or, you know. Um, There's, I'm sure. Is, what, is, is, what is, is, is it because they're, they're unsure? So, I mean, another driving sports besides NASCAR. NASCAR. It's just a small entity of, of racing, really. I mean, there's a lot of other racing uh, things that go on where I'm sure that there's uh Well, the next car is the 900-pound gorilla out there right now, and that's what everybody compares themselves to, all the other series. And and, and it, it, it just it, it, it not only takes that passion, but it takes that money. Yeah. It's a young African-American driver who may have the skill and the talent to compete with these guys at that level, we have to have somebody who believes in him, that's passionate about racing, and they have the money to get it started. Because those that you mentioned, such as Richard Childress, you know, some of the Jeff Gordon's owner, Hendrix Motorsports, those people, they have the passion, they have the money. And when you have the money, you have connection to the money that's going to put you over. Because, you know, those guys aren't spending out of their pockets. The way you become successful is you use other people's money, your sponsors to get that way, but they initially had the money to push the thing forward. Well, one thing, one thing for sure that we have established tonight, Irvin. What's that? You have the passion. <laughs> yes, you do. And, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, man, you, you can't, I, I sincerely want to tell you how much we appreciate, all of, all of us appreciate you taking the time to be yeah. with us uh, this day to talk about this. We've talked about it before on this, our shows over the years, the, the diversity programs and whatnot and, and uh, the, the different cultural divides and all of that sort of thing. We've talked about it a little here and there, but I'll tell you, you've put, um, a, put a good spotlight on it. Keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, I'll be in touch with you again for sure. I have some information to pass along to you, and uh, thank you very much for being with us tonight, man. Well, we appreciate you allowing us to come uh, on your show, and uh, we will definitely listen. As a matter of fact, you had given me your links, and we had already checked you out and listened to a couple things, watched a couple of your carding uh, movies that you had on your site. Very interesting. We'll definitely keep in touch. All well, right, well thank you, Irvin, and thank you, Aaron, so much for joining us, and uh, have a great evening. Oh, just out of curiosity, um, how cold is it up there? In, uh... Right now, right now we have a heat wave, and it's about 20 degrees. <laughs> All right. Stay warm, guys. Stay warm, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we'll be right back with our uh, – Rob's going Rob's gonna to go down a different road here in a minute. He and Terry Wall are going to talk to Sam the Man Rodriguez. 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 